I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. <clears throat> hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans? No. Oh. All right, kids, let's talk about events. Next seminar up August 13th through the 15th with a few spots left, then October 15th through the 17th, and then finally December 10th through the 12th to round out the 2021 seminars in Wichita Falls. For training camps coming up, we've added some three-lift camps. That's covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift. We're coming back to the UK. We'll be in London on September 5th, and then again on September 12th, holding camps there. And then in Baltimore, 5 by 3 training on November 7th for three-lift camp. We also have a self-sufficient lifter camp on the list, September 11th in Wichita Falls. That's covering the squat, the press, the deadlift, how to film yourself, and how to diagnose your own technique. Then we have a deadlift and power clean camp on July 31st in Moody's, Connecticut at Anino Strength and Conditioning. We have a couple squat and deadlift camps on the list, August 21st in Fort Worth at Fort Worth Strength and Conditioning, and then August 29th in Austin at Starting Strength Austin. And then, of course, our first ever Olympic lifting camp on September 18th in Denver at Starting Strength Denver, where Rip and Nick will coach the snatch as well as the clean and jerk. Competition's coming up. Charm City Strongwoman. This is to be the 10th annual Charm City Strongwoman hosted by 5 by 3 on September 12th. This is a charity event to raise money for the Almond House, which is a home away from home for folks undergoing cancer treatment. And then finally, Starting Strength Gyms continues to look for talent. So if you've ever thought about becoming a coach, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com and check out the coaching tab. Plenty of opportunity there. Starting Strength Gyms, of course, run by Ray Gillenwater. And of course, you all know that Gillenwater is German for walrus genitalia. For any more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to... uh, Star Strength uh, Radio. Uh, I mean, I guess welcome. You know, I mean, you're here. You're certainly welcome to join us. A lot of you haven't joined us though. You know, what are we getting for this? Nine ninety nine a month. Yes. Seventy five a year. Yep. Either for or. the video, not both. That's for the full video. You can still hear this audio on. You can, yeah. On uh, fr- the the things free, right? Yeah, the audio is free. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I mean, let's just do Q and A today. Works for me. Fuck it. Yeah. Is that all right with you guys? Works great. Just do Q and A. Free. Good. You're all right. Bree's all right with it, too. All right. Bree's all right with everything. All right. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. She's good. Good. I got this. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) But first. Comments. Comments. From From the heaters. These are actually pretty hateful today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's some 
dickless motherfucker that says, <laughs> you sure are worried about, uh, worried a lot about other men being pussies. Sounds like projection old man. See, commas are a lot of trouble. Yep. You know, you just stick that in right there. And then the sentence actually makes some kind of sense. Yeah, we're worried about other men being pussies. Hasn't the last year taught you anything at all? <laughs> Apparently not. Okay. Uh, let's see. Got a couple comments about RPE. No point justifying them with it. Putting them in the list of things to read about. They're not even as good as the trap bar videos. The, uh, here's a trap, the trap bar, bar thing. comments. There's a trap bar comment here, too. Oh, look. Of course, Rip can't pronounce Tabasco sauce properly. What a legend. All right, so how are you supposed to pronounce Tabasco sauce? <laughs> well, I don't know. Tabasco is not a legitimate pronunciation. Well, most people say Tabasco. Tabasco. Now, I don't know whether that's right or, or not. You know, I always just agree automatically with everything you say. So, well, of course, Tabasco. Of course, the, that, the that explains the your famous cast iron skillet video. <laughs> right? You just agree with everything I say. <laughs> I, I've just always called it Tabasco sauce, and I never had anybody from Avery Island correct me. So, <laughs> Tabasco uh, sounds fancier. Tabasco. Than Tabasco. Tabasco sounds Tabasco. really. Tabasco. Really Tabasco fucking, sauce. Ha, have you heard anybody else in your entire life Never. call Tabasco Tabasco? Never. I'm the only one that's ever yeah, pronounced only it one. Like, like I, it. Then I must be wrong. <laughs> I'm not. I didn't say that. That makes me wrong. I'm right? not saying that. What I'm saying is I've just never heard anybody well, call all right, it Tabasco. I tell you what. That, that the boys at Avery Island have an opportunity now <laughs> to get a hold of us and tell us how their product. Is pronounced. You've got to be right because you know what the fuck is Avery Island. You keep saying Avery Island, and you know well, that. I, I don't know that, so you must where be right. the shit's made. Okay, well there you go. Avery Island, Louisiana. You know, I know that, but I don't know how to say the word. <laughs> Christ, Jesus! It's like you hit a nerve. <laughs> I'm, going, right. I'm going to their website. See, see if they have a customer service number. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just call them and ask them. Be like solve solve a problem for yeah. us here, yeah, Avery Island. <laughs> see, if they'll, see if they'll say what it is on the because I'll I'll gladly change <laughs> help center when proven wrong. Uh, All right. I hope they have a phone. Hold on, maybe they got a phone number. That's Fuck. what I'm looking for. That's they what got, got a phone right number. Now. Everybody has a phone number. We're gonna call them if I got the use phone our number. live chat. I'm gonna use their live chat. <laughs> Wait, let's find a phone number. I'm gonna call them. This will be great. Call them. Let's yeah, just put it on the air. Yep. You got to tell them you're putting them on the air. Yep. Though. I hope there's a phone number. Let's find it. All right. While you're doing that, I'm going to go. Okay. As here's some I'm asked. As the old saying goes, quote, "If Mike Tushare had only trained himself, he'd still have trained more world class athletes than Rip." Well, you know that's a fair point. Yeah. There you go. You know, the problem, of course, is, is have I ever said that I'm in the business of training world-class athletes? Not that I can recall. Mm -mm. Have you ever heard me say that? No. 
Do I give a fuck about world class athletes? YouTube does. Though. I don't give a fuck. YouTube about commenters class, class athletes. World class athletes don't need to be trained because most of them aren't. Right. You know. Uh, but this guy seems to think it's important that my strength program, which is tailored for Mike Touchere's mom, instead of Mike Touchere, is uh, illegitimate because I didn't do something. I don't know. All right. Okay. What a value proposition it says right here. Pay Rip $10 a month, and he'll show you how to make some beans. Fuck yeah. <laughs> now, here's a guy that says, honestly, if y'all lowered the network price to four ninety nine, I would be all about it. Well, no, that was a discussion we hit. But we can't do it now. You can't. Can't go back. Can't go back because now everybody paid nine ninety nine. Be That's pissed. Right. That's right. <clears throat> you know, eh, fuck. Sorry, man. Argument I lost. So, all right. This is see. Here's a trap bar. All right. This is fucking idiocy with the veneer of sophistication. <laughs> Obviously, a trap bar is a versatile piece of equipment. All right. Let me ask you a question. What other exercise can you do with a trap bar deadlift other than a trap bar deadlift? You know what that makes it? Not versatile. That makes it not versatile. This individual does not understand the meaning of the term versatility. Maybe he doesn't even understand the fact that versatile is the descriptor of something that is that possesses versatility. Obviously. It's no idea. I, I have no idea. I, all right. Oh, here's a good one. Rip is once again being disingenuous. RPE is not based solely on the perception of the warm-ups. I suggest that he consider re-re... Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Stay in your lane, Rip. Stay in your lane, Rip. Hey, Stay you RPE lane. boys are a bunch of fucking pussies. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You know it. <laughs> and that's comments from, from the heaters. That was right. a lot of hatred today. What? I've, I've got so, a phone number for. Oh, you got an Avery Island phone number? I'm, I'm also on um, a chat with somebody that works there in. She says, personally, I say Tabasco. Tabasco. She yeah. said personally, though. That's not yeah, but she says, she says, I'm from Kentucky, though, so this might be my southern accent coming through. Well, what do I say? Tabasco. Tabasco. Well, A could be pronounced either ah or a, right? It can, in fact. I mean, let me suggest that these guys – Clarify the spelling. If they want it pronounced Tabasco, they need to spell it T-A-B-A-H-S-C-O. 
That's if you want him to say. Tabasco, no. No, Tabasco would Tabasco be, that'd be That'd be A-H. Or T-A-B-O-S-C-O would be Tabasco. Tabasco, right. Yep. <clears throat> How do you pronounce? Oh, you'd put two S's. T-A-B-A-S-S, like bass, you know, the fish. Yeah. But that could also be Tabasco. bass. Tabasco. It could be Tabasco. Yeah. English. I think the way that it's a uh, fucked up language. The way that it's spelled now, I mean, you've got a vowel and two consonants, which means it's going to be the short pronunciation. The short pronunciation for A is Tabasco. A. 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 A is just as short as A. No difference in the length. Hey, you you want to call him? We can get get a, call him. Get headphones on and we can talk to him together. Oh, I don't have any headphones. Here, here, you hand you, the I'll headphones? tell you what. You call him and I'll just wait here and let and let right, them tell you. No, nah, it's too much trouble to get the headphones out. You're gonna trip and fall and. Probably. You know. Here we go. They're all right. They're ringing. The listeners can hear this. Yeah. He says Holland. 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 A Inquar. What? It's looking good for Rip's pronunciation here. He said Holland Inquar. What was he meaning by quar? Inquire. Inquire. Tabasco, man. I'm telling you. What was her name? Did you catch her name? Courtney. Courtney? Courtney, you're, you're talking you, to Courtney. Look, if you, when, when you get a hold of somebody, Here, they're, she, they're on right now. They're about to answer. Yeah. They're talking to you. Yes. Yes. Hey, hello. Um, Hi. I have a quick question for you. Could you could you pronounce the word T A B A S C O for us? Tabasco. 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 Now, is that is that official or is that your personal pronunciation? Is it actually Tabasco? Yes, sir. Okay. That what everybody there says? Yeah. Yep. Well, is does something any, that, I mean, let me make a suggestion. Let me, let me ask you this. Uh, we have a gentleman here who says Tabasco. Would you consider that to be incorrect? <laughs> no, I think it's maybe just his accent. Oh, she's, now she's all mad. She said, she said maybe it's just your accent. <laughs> well, it could be. It could be my accent. But, but Tabasco. I, I tell her I'm a Texan. Does he's a Texan. Matter? Does that matter? I guess. <laughs> I don't see how she's, she's uncomfortable everything. with the whole line of questioning. So, so let me just uh, one more time. So, Tabasco though is the commonly that's the, accepted. That's what the people in the factory say. Yeah, the guys on the factory floor and they the marketing people and Tabasco. the salespeople say Tabasco, right? Yeah, I have I have another young lady right here. Her name is Shay Thibodeau, which is Cajun all day long. Let me okay. let her pronounce it for you, okay? Oh, Hold we got a Cajun a person who's going to pronounce it for us. All this right. is good. Yeah. Well, that'll be that'll have to be official. Then. This is yeah. Hello. Hi. You want to you want We're me looking... to say Tabasco? Yeah, yes, yes. She just said it. It's Tabasco. Tabasco. She said Tabasco. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tabasco. The Cajun, Cajun the Cajun said Tabasco. All right, I'm wrong. Fine. All right. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Okay. Have a great day. All right. Bye. They were very helpful. Look at that. Avery Island. Well, you got to. It's going to have to undo a lifetime. Of- <laughs> 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 well, sh- what am I going to do now? I mean, 
up to you're this gonna, point. You're going to enjoy the goddamn victory. Up to this point. You're going to do everything a little dance, you, say, you know, I just and, agree. You know, hop around on your toes in a circle <laughs> around me. I beat Rip. Rip and was it shit. me? I didn't bring this up. <laughs> well, I didn't bring it up. Who brought it up? Oh, Fucking hater comment. The goddamn Look at us. Yeah. All right. They're going to create a schism. <laughs> The fucking haters are gonna. The, hater the haters right. are gonna drive us apart. The hater was right, though. <laughs> you see how bad this is? Yeah, this is a problem. This is a problem. I think we need to make. We just need to edit this out. Okay. Here's the interesting. Before we get into our Q and A today, I just wanted to inject this little disappointing thing into into our discussion. You realize that here's the headline poll 40% of Brits, this is the UK again, <laughs> again, <laughs> want mask mandates in place forever. 40%. Unvaccinated, permanently banned from foreign travel. Wow. Because the Brits think that unless you're vaccinated, you're not, you're a potential carrier, yep. even if you've had. All right. Now, look. We unwashed hordes over here in America are often berated for our low standards of education. But these goddamn <laughs> idiots don't understand about immunity. You know? Like once you've had the measles, right? <laughs> Etc. Once you've had the mumps, right? But they don't seem to understand that but it's not the deadly it, mumps virus. It's not the deadly measles virus. It's the deadly. It's the deadly COVID nineteen virus. virus, with a survival rate of ninety nine point nine eight seven percent. How do they come up with the number forty percent though? Right, I'm just going to read this to you. This is this is a poll that was done for the Economist, okay, magazine, The Economist. New polling by Ipsos. MORI for The Economist suggests that a high percentage of Brits believe that a number of lockdown restrictions should stay in place permanently. Jeez. Including nighttime curfews. 19% want a nighttime curfew. Because the virus is ultra transmittable at night. (laughs) They want to travel quarantine in place 35%. Of Brits want a travel quarantine, like you come into into the, onto the island, yeah. you have to stay, yeah. stay in a in hotel, hotel for, for a week or for two weeks, two weeks or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. And face masks, forty percent want permanent face masks. Wow, wow. Well, good for them. But remember, well they- over oh, oh god, well over forty percent of Brits also believe that only those who have been vaccinated against COVID-19 and are able to prove it should be allowed to travel abroad. So papers. Your papers, Mm -hmm. please. Didn't Europe have a problem with people asking about papers? Well, and now they want that? The the Brits had a particular problem with people who are asking for your papers dropping V2 bombs on their (laughs) hands. <laughs> V1s. Buzz bombs. Right? Yeah. They just. Well, it'll be a nice experiment there, for the rest of the it. world. Let's see. Goddamn engine runs out of gas. Bomb falls. <laughs> shit blows up. Right? 
That's who wanted to see your papers. But now the Brits want to see them, too. Yeah. We have, oh, my God. 26% of people are in favor of closing casinos and bars. Closing. Yeah, forever. Forever. Closing it. The only people that want them closed, though, are the only people that don't ever The people go. that don't go. Yeah. Sure. Well, fresh in their you know, memory. You know, here's this word again. Pussies. No, not not Tabasco. <laughs> not Tabasco. Sorry. Pussies. They're, are they actually putting estrogen in the water supply in the UK? What is the goddamn situation? These people are cowering in fear yeah. of a disease that doesn't kill anybody. Yep. It's just, this is the damnedest thing. I have ever seen, you know. I bet if you ran that poll in in uh, Austin or San Francisco, you get similar numbers. Same, same thing. Or New York City, yeah. or Los Angeles, yep. or any or Chicago or sure. any Democrat-controlled city, you're going to get the same. You're going to get the same people. Yep. It's the same goddamn people. People who are afraid of other people. People who are afraid. That's of what it doing comes down anything to. Anything right? except existing. Yeah. There's the people who are afraid of other people, and there's people who are, quote, unquote, afraid of the government. Those are the two sides. That's what it comes down to, yeah, right? right. I guess that's, that's what they want us to believe, you know, anyway, that people are afraid of the government. Do you see the New York Times thing the other day? I don't read the New York when, Times. Well, I know you don't, but and I don't either. Let me say that categorically. <laughs> I don't read the New York Times either. I don't read Blue Boy magazine either, okay? So, uh, <laughs> I uh, I did see a headline where the New York Times was lamenting the fact that Cubans. Oh, heard I about see all the shit right. going on. Cubans yelling freedom, were, were yelling and freedom, and other anti-government slogans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, freedom and other anti-government slogans. Oh God. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <clears throat> Jesus, man. So feel sorry for the for our friends across the across the ocean there. Your nose hairs ever bother you? Hey, you, not damn. We've never been through the events of twenty eight days later and twenty eight weeks later, though. That's all fresh in their memory. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Their island population was wiped out. Yep. Yeah. The rage virus. Yep. They think COVID nineteen is the it's rage pretty virus. Pretty much the same thing. Same thing. Yep. Twenty seconds of incubation. Yep. And then you just go bloodthirsty mad right. and just lose your complete shit. Gouge your wife's eyes out. Gouge your wife's eyes out. Eat your children's yep. faces and shit. Happens all the time. Yep. Yeah. They must think those were documentaries. <laughs> 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 you know. Where was that from? Was that the Daily Mail or something? Where was that oh, article? Some second <coughs> place like that. No, Summit News had it. Oh, okay. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson's thing. He's a Brit. I mean, he knows. He Jeez, is a Brit. Man. You know? Wow. You, you ever read his shit? No. 
He's pretty sharp. I used to watch his uh, YouTube videos all the time. His YouTube mm-hmm. podcast. I would imagine YouTube's taking him off. There are pl- plenty of people, I mean, around here who think you shouldn't be allowed to do anything if you don't have the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Fuck. I know. They don't understand. As if them being yeah. vaccinated is not enough. See, but, see, they're going with the science. Right. The science, see? The science says that you must have the Pfizer vaccine. <laughs> Or you're not immune to the deadly COVID-19 and its variants. Yeah, the variants. You know how they spell variants? (laughs) V-A-R-I-A-N-C-E. They don't understand what the word is. They they understand this. (laughs) Oh, fuck. It's so funny. I mean, if it wasn't funny, you'd have to kill yourself. You know, because yeah. it's just too weird. Oh, God. All right. You want to do this goddamn Q&A thing, or what do you want to? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Before let's start round, off with. Before round two of lockdowns, let's go ahead and get some mm-hmm. Q&A done. Okay. Uh, look. <laughs> That's a lot of work. <laughs> Somebody by the name of Jim Leoskos. Jim oh, doesn't Jim. seem to understand. This is like a 2,000-word question. There are actually six questions here. Now, this is not a question. This is a personal training consultation. And personal training consultations are obtained through the following method. You call the gym, speak with Carmen. Carmen will set up an appointment with me, all right? We, you and I will set up a time, and she will take your credit card information, and we will have an appointment, and you will be billed at the rate of $750 an hour, which I think is reasonable. I bet you get some calls after this. Might. (laughs) You're going to get some calls. Might. And then you get to practice your... Your uh, motivational interviewing skills. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, you think I need practice on that? No, no, no. Just you get to put them into practice. Oh, is what I should have said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, Jim, <laughs> honey, <laughs> see, here's the deal. He's six, would, his age is sixty-four. That's the problem. He, yeah, that explains it. He's, yeah, he's he doesn't. He's done. I yep. understand. He may not even have a credit card. And that would take two and a half hours. It would. At 7.50 Oh, I promise you it'll take two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> it'll take as long as I want it to. <laughs> two hours later. That's question number one. Yeah. <laughs> Five left. Okay. All right. Now, here are the actual questions. These are taken from our network subscribers. You know, uh, we give them first dibs. We got any non-network questions this time? Not at all. Damn, good. These are all network subscribers. These are people with skin in the game, right? Okay. Jason Marshall asks, what information should a person have a hard copy of and what skills should a person be practiced in for in the event that things take a step or two backwards 
and we need to use information and skills we don't necessarily need today, but wouldn't be able to just Google in our backward future scenario. That's the most confusing sentence I have ever read out loud. <laughs> Jason, things have taken a step or two backwards. I don't know if you've noticed it or yet or not, but uh, yeah, things are taking. There are things going on, Jason, that you don't know. There are supply chain interruptions in the manufacturing sector that have not been made apparent yet, but that will be shortly. All right. Uh, plastic, steel, aluminum, concrete, things like this are in short supply, being rationed certain parts of the country being rationed and uh, you know there there are going to be things that you can't get very much of and what does that do to the price supply demand price that relationship and we're just starting to see this inflation but when the federal government pays everybody to not make things you know, to stay at home and do bong hits and watch Netflix and shit like that instead of going to work, producing things with labor and shit. Well, things don't get produced. And when things don't get produced, the supply of those things dries up. The price of those things goes up. And even if there is availability, it's real, real high. It's sometimes prohibitively expensive. And we're just now seeing this start to happen. So... I'm going to interpret your question as being along those lines. And to finish it, you say, for example, I've been thinking of building a rudimentary foundry and melting scrap iron and recasting it. Have absolutely no need to, but it might one day be worth knowing how to do in a situation where I can't just look it up online. Well, well he's also asking about what books he should have in print. What things should he have in print? That you won't be able to I, just look up. Look, I think you ought to have all your books that you that you give a fuck about in print. I think you ought to have your own DVDs of the movies you want to watch. You know, if you watch these on Netflix, you don't own them. Netflix could pull any movie down they want to pull down right now, and you can't see it anymore. And it, and it happens. It happens. I, was, the, I, I tried for that. I tried for a couple of years to watch Apocalypto, and it just wasn't available anywhere no. because of some distribution bullshit. Yeah. And they finally because they don't want you to see that shit. Well, it? they finally put it back out. Um, they but if if you don't have a copy, if it's not available because of distribution, you you, just can't, you, get you it. can't see it. You if you want it. to watch it, you can't. Right. If you want a movie, buy it. Buy the DVD or the Blu-ray. Own the movie. Own the media, okay? Music, you should own... Uh, medium, own... CDs or vinyls. CDs. Vinyls are available now. Vinyls available. Vinyl now. If you if you've got If you are confident in your ability to deal with music on thumb drives, go ahead and put it on there, but don't stream it. Don't assume somebody's going to let you listen to it. What if they decide that you don't need to hear it? You know, what if they decide that the Beatles weren't all that good anyway? And you don't get to hear the Beatles anymore. You know, when somebody else decides things, you know, like they're doing right now. Uh, 
There's a book called uh, Desk Reference. If you uh, just search Desk Ref, it's excellent. It's a thousand three hundred. I'm looking at it right now thirteen hundred pages of, of data of stuff, just knots, conversions, all kinds, math of equations. Interesting shit. You may need to know. Yep. And there's a maybe there's something in there about making a foundry. Maybe who knows? Absolutely. And there's a companion called Pocket Reference. I keep that in the truck. You know, desk reference uh, at home. Don't rely need, on digital everything. You need an atlas yeah. in the car too. You know, you, you need a paper atlas, right. a, a roadmap atlas in the car. You need one. Go to Walmart and buy the Rand McNally road atlas. Don't be a dumbass. Your your coverage may not be where you are, and you may need to know how to get away from where you are. And that's what maps are for. And I, you know, I've got one in every one of my vehicles, just in case. Why not? Yep. They're seven ninety nine. Well, they are now anyway. Yeah, they're pretty cheap. At Atlas, and then um, you if know. you drive a bunch, I mean, it's a good idea to even have like the topographic map of wherever you drive a bunch. Mm-hmm. You know, just to never hurts even to have roads. maps. Yep. Start paper maps. Uh, I don't know. You're. Your rudimentary foundry idea is not going to be very useful to you or anybody else, for that matter. But along those lines, uh, yeah, you need to you need to really think about starting to archive things that you may need to know and archive them in a form that allows you to control their access. That's the critical thing. You control and access to these, to this information. And look, you need some food storage, okay? You know, don't, look, don't, don't be a dumbass. I mean, if you can buy a thirty-pound sack of rice, why would you not want a thirty-pound sack of rice? You may need the carbs someday. That doesn't mean you're a hoarder. It just means you're not stupid. Right? Yep. Bunch of beans, bunch of rice. Why not? Yep. Get them while they're cheap. You may need them. And they're not eating anything. They're just taking up a little room. You know? Now, you poor fuckers that live in Brooklyn, you know, uh, you've decided a long time ago that this kind of shit's not important to you. So, you know, when things get rough... The government will bail them out. The government is going to not bail anybody's ass out. <laughs> I've always said this. You you know, when, when things hit the fan, shit hits the fan in Brooklyn, <coughs> you will be able to buy human flesh on the streets of Brooklyn within two weeks. You guys are going to be eating each other. I can't help you with the spice profile. But you know, just cook it like pork, right? Cook it like pork. Put a rub on it. It'd be fine. Deep fry. Just you know, it's probably going to be tough. Just cook it a long time. I'd imagine the I, protein, you know, the BC, uh, the amino acid. Amino acids are great. Perfect. Just, just perfect. optimal, even. Optimal amino acid profile. <laughs> Human flesh. I've never had it. I'd try it. 
somebody offered it to me, I'd I'd try. <laughs> Depends on whose flesh it was, I guess. <laughs> I don't want some crackhead's flesh. <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to try your neighbor's flesh. It'd be bitter any day you, you know? want. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any neighbors. Twenty bucks. But it'd be at the gym. I mean. Oh, oh, those neighbor. guys across the street. Yeah. You offer them thirty bucks, they'll give you a piece of their leg. It's not the only thing they'll give you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I be, it's interesting this came up because I've been thinking about it a long time, or recently, I mean. But uh, anything that's important to you, you should have hard copies of. Yes. You know, like like a lot of people, I was just thinking about this the other day, but a lot of people have no pictures that aren't in their in their phone. That's or, absolutely or true. Or even photography. You know, I take tons of pictures, but I, I have hardly any that actually exist. That's and, I have been guilty. That's This is where all my fucking pictures yep. are. Now, I have a couple of drawers full of stuff from 40 years ago. Yep. But all of my stuff is on that thing right there. How are you right going to access it? If, you know, if, if Apple's not the thing 20 years from now, you want to show somebody a picture, how are you going to access it? Um, you know, so and you, I probably got 1,500 pictures sure. on there, and that's probably a very low number of pictures. Yep. And you For don't most need to people, print. How do you get 1,500 pictures in print off of that telephone? Right. And you don't need all 1,500, but there's going to be three or four pictures that are important to sure. you. Print them out on, you know, high-quality archival paper, nice ink. Spend 15 bucks on a print, and it'll last a couple hundred years. But if you don't have that something shit, to think about. Yeah, I mean, know? I can I can go to my grand my grandma's uh, photo albums and see pictures. But you lose you lose a hard drive or something. All the pictures of my kids are on hard drives. Yeah, so see, that's just the bad hard drive fails. The bad idea. Yep. You know, it's a bad idea. You know, but we've gotten lazy. Yep. I mean, if you can't say anything about us, technology has made us lazy as hell. Right? It's made us soft. It's made us lazy. You know. At least we're not bored anymore. It really is. It's what? At least we're not bored anymore. I don't remember the last time I was bored. Oh, I've been bored within the past couple hours. (laughs) He's bored right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Andrew wants to know, in a four-day split format, would it be beneficial to do half of the volume for squats on Monday and the other half on Tuesday, then intensity on Friday? Should this be attempted? Uh, Andrew, the point of doing the volume (laughs) is that the stress of doing the volume (laughs) depends on you doing all of the volume right then. I mean, what I, I I know. Let's do this. Let's do one rep every fifteen every minutes <laughs> for the next three days. It's a lot of volume. See the problem? It's a lot of volume, but it's not in the it's not in the form that we want the stress. The form we want the stress in is the is that you're going to do the five sets of five. If that's what you're doing in a in a split program, and what you want to get more than anything else in the world is the fifth rep of the fifth set, because it's going to be the twenty fifth rep of the workout, and it's going to be real fucking hard. If you want to make it easier by cutting it into two workouts, Andrew, honey, you just go right on ahead. Make it easy. Don't. Yeah, and, and do RPE, too. Do that, too. I uh, thought you were going to say the pump. 
<laughs> the pump. Yeah, when you were saying the thing you want most in the world is it's the, the pump. pump. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Here's Marty Fox, our friend from the forums, says, among other, among some other silly shit that those of us in the military are subjected to, is the body composition assessment. According to the height weight chart, I'm about sixty pounds overweight because he's six one and two sixty five. With the circumference measurement for body fat percentage, I'm borderline for the first time in 12 years. I blame my small head and neck. Rusty, I know how you feel. Hey, fuck you, man. Hey, don't be cussing at our friend Marty Marty for. He had to bring me into it. That's why I'm mad. Well, at least he knows who you are. I bet Marty's got bigger Brother, feet. How about that? I bet Marty's got bigger feet than Rusty, though. Everybody has bigger feet. <laughs> Bree's got bigger feet than Rusty. That's like it. All right now, as far as the military goes, uh, you could squat 500 pounds, but you're still a piece of shit if you can't pass the BCA. Long story short, I'm going to have to really watch what I eat and possibly cut some calories just to be sure that I'm not close to failing at the risk of getting don't be a pussy for the second Q&A in a row, what should my programming <laughs> look like if I'm trying to lose a bit of weight in a short amount of time? That is, should I increase the weight on the bar less frequently because I'm not eating as much? Marty, if you're not eating as much, you will not be able to increase the weight on the bar as often. It's just the way shit is. You can't get recovered. If you're in a weight loss situation for work, then you got to do what the boys at work tell you to do. It's not good for your training. More importantly, it's not good for your combat readiness either. If there even is such a goddamn consideration anymore, I don't know that there is. Uh, but uh, if they want you skinny and weak and they're paying you to be skinny and weak, then you're the one that signed up. Deal with it. You know, try to do as little damage as possible. Just, you know, you can do. You just run as little as you can, train as heavy as you can. But if you've got to lose twenty pounds to satisfy these fools, that's just what you got to do. You know, until common sense enters the equation, and that won't be anytime soon. Because, you know, as long as the Military is run by the government. <laughs> yeah. Does he say what his waist measurement is in there? Didn't say. I mean, he may be fat as fuck. He may be a tub. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He and says he's 60 pounds overweight according to their chart. Yeah, but that's... At 6'1", 265, he might be chubbed. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think at 6'1", guy in the military probably needs to probably weigh 235, but I don't know. He may have hands this big. <laughs> Not if his head's tiny. You know. his, though. Look, I've seen the guy's picture, and he doesn't have a tiny head. <laughs> Nobody thought I had a tiny head till you put that hat on. Rusty. Rusty, come on. Come on. Nobody <laughs> nobody mentioned it once, so I guess it was just a secret. Well, just because it. nobody mentioned it didn't mean they weren't thinking it. Hug? No, I don't want anybody to touch me. Well, that's usually not a problem for you, is it, Rusty? <laughs> okay, now, almost retired auto worker. I seen in one of your videos, I'm not making this up, that's what he said. 
I seen in one of your videos that you pulled up to the gym in a older Dodge Ram long bed pickup. If you could take all different engines, axles, bodies, and build a truck the way you wanted it to be, what would you build and why? Me personally, I would use a Ford Super Duty body and axles, a Cummins 24-valve diesel engine, and an Allison transmission. I know you did a whole podcast on cars. Now, what about trucks? Well, you know, that's not a, that's, that's a pretty good combination. Actually, uh, I have had what almost that, nothing but trouble with my Cummins diesel. What has that transmission, that Allison transmission, what truck has that? Is that a, is that a GMC I, I thing? would imagine Allison's are in Chevrolet's. But I don't know that for sure. What do you know how it's Allison called? makes a good transmission. Is no. it A L Y? A L L I S O N. Why don't you look that up? Yeah, I'm looking at it. And uh Chevy GM products. Yeah, that's what I thought. Dodge products, Ford products. So he wants a Ford axle. He wants a Ford and body. body and chassis. He wants a Cummins diesel in the thing. Yep. And uh, he wants an Allison transmission. I would imagine you can get an Allison transmission in Chevrolet's, but I'll bet you that, I don't know this for sure, that the, that the higher numbers, the, the Dodge 3,500, 4,500 trucks, have got Allison transmission mm. to them. And I'm assuming he's talking about a manual transmission. Yep. Now, uh, because I'm not going to have an automatic. Uh, that being said, like I started to say a second ago, I've had nothing but trouble with my goddamn Cummins engines. With both of them? Both of them. Both those trucks have had the engines replaced. Hmm. Now, when they're running right, they are torquey, pulling motherfuckers, man. I'm telling you. That's why everybody likes them, because they're real, real strong. And that... Uh, a two-wheel drive truck, the gray truck, that thing gets 20 miles to the gallon on the highway. And, I mean, it is a – that is the best truck on earth to drive down the road because it's long and it's yep. comfortable. And it What's the other one and, get mileage-wise? Oh, it gets – the four-wheel drive gets 14, 15. Yep. You know, because all the shit that's rotating. And, you know. Yep. And it's a t t taller profile, catches more wind. And shit, Ours will get just, 20. Your four-wheel drive gets 20? Yeah. That's a Ford, right? It's a Ford, yeah. It's 20. Yeah, that, that, when it's pulling a big trailer, it gets like 10. But Yeah, well, it's <clears throat> normal. Yeah, so. but 20 on the highway is not unusual. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Uh, that gray truck I've got is, man, That both those trucks, though, I bought both of them twice. Just because they're such a pain in the ass. You know, and silly bullshit like Dodge does is the door handles fall off. And, <laughs> you know, the knobs come loose and, you know, I pointless the, bullshit like I that. I wonder if the new ones are better. Do you, have you, do you have any idea? I have no idea. Problem is they're all no automatic, idea, so you won't ever get one. Right? I'm not going to get one. What are you going to do when both of those crap out? You're going to just find a. I'm just going to buy another transmission. Older one. All I need is an engine and a transmission. Those things are around. Yep. 
I bought a rebuilt engine for the silver truck, for the four-wheel drive truck, just last year. What year are those? Is like 12 the last year they had manuals? I don't know. I do not know when they quit making the damn things. You can still, what I told, you still get a manual transmission in a one-ton or better truck. But for three-quarter tons, none of them are making a manual transmission, as far as I know. Yeah. That's what I've been told. They don't make That's what I read, yeah. I looked. <clears throat> Nothing newer than like a 15 has a has a automatic you know, or and, a manual. And it, it's, that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Nobody knows how to steal my truck. Yep. You know, fine with me. 4%. That's the last figure I heard. 4% of the national fleet has a stick shift. That's it. It's wild. I had a guy, the guy who bought uh, Kathy's little Subaru – Said he had been looking for three years for a manual car in good shape. Well, he hadn't looked on Auto Trader. I don't know what it's. It I don't know what his criteria five minutes was. to find one. I don't know, on yeah, Auto I don't know specifically what he was looking for, but he said he he hadn't found anything in the area, or that he could get to. Is the that other he could thing. get to? That's, that he could he, get to. that's what because people shipping buy them. services are for. Yes, people buy you them know. real quick. All of my cars have got a manual transmission. That's on purpose. Uh, the last vehicle i had with an automatic was a half ton single cab truck i got rid of about 10 years ago and uh i just i like to drive the truck i like to shift gears i like to i like the fact that if i had to replace the transmission it's it's not going to be thirteen thousand dollars you know because those damn things are expensive yep um Clutches are cheap. You know, it, it, you don't normally tear up a manual transmission. That's not a normal replacement item. Now, I learned the hard way that the transfer case is a replacement item. <laughs> you want to, if you've got a four wheel drive truck and you've got more than 100,000 miles on your transfer case, it's my, my advice would be to replace that now <laughs> on your schedule. Instead of on its schedule. (laughs) That was quite a deal, man. I was driving down the highway. Metal chunks flying. And I I thought it was some bad vibration. And me never having had this experience before, I didn't recognize it. I thought, God, I'm about to lose a tire. And then, bam! I said, what in the fuck? And and the noise came from right underneath. Oh, no. Under the floor. And I look in the rearview mirror, and pieces of aluminum are skittering down the highway behind me. Damn. I I pulled over to the side of the road and got out. And the whole, the transfer case just disintegrated. (laughs) There's little pieces of roller chain hanging on things and <laughs> Flew it all over the underside of the truck and shit. Just drove it too long. <laughs> Don't do that. Get a new transfer case. I'd give them about 125,000 miles and then I'd get me another one. That's what I'm keeping that truck too. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep. You can't find a three quarter ton manual transmission, long wide bed, four door pickup. Diesel. Yeah, you're right. I couldn't find any. There aren't any. 
you couldn't find them. They couldn't find them. You know, you're going to have to buy a used truck, you know. And that that truck right now, what did I pay for that four-wheel drive truck? I think I gave 18 or 19 for the thing. It's worth 17 right now. Well, even even used, it's a 04. It's even worth used, all the stuff that was out there was two hundred and fifty thousand miles, three hundred thousand miles plus. Yeah, so people just hold on to them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they do. But that Cummins diesel real rebuilds real easy. There are people around that all they do is rebuild five nine Cummins diesels, and uh, you can get engines and transmissions for them. As long as I can do that, I'll just continue, right? All right now, all right. So Dalton Rankin wants to know: After watching both podcasts with Fred Ashmore, I decided my next vehicle would have a manual transmission. Following right along, my dad and I had to drive fourteen hours round trip to get a hold of one, but I would do it again in a heartbeat. A few questions. That's only seven hours one way. That's right. That's nothing. He doesn't live in Texas. No, it's nothing. <laughs> no. So, uh, question one. What radar detector do you recommend? Your conversation with Mr. Ashmore and an expensive speeding ticket on my end convinced me that I need one, and I'm willing to spend a few hundred bucks or more. Fred mentioned the unit in R7, and you mentioned the Belltronics RX-65 and the Escort Redline. Well, the best one of those things for the money is probably the Belltronics RX-65. There, you can get those on Amazon for a little over a hundred dollars, and uh, that's where I would start. Uh, I have uh, uh, an Escort Redline in uh, in my race car, but I I don't know that it's that much better than than the. Beltronics RX-65, especially considering the money, you know. Uh, but, I, you know, I just think you need a radar detector. If you drive a lot, you need a radar detector, even if you don't habitually go 15 over like I tend to do. Uh, you want to know who's watching you, and that's what the radar detector is for. Hell, Steph, Steph drives the speed limit or 300 and she has a radar detector just you just want to know who's there you know hell they had some guy dps guy parked in the bar ditch on the other side of the road uh out on kell west the other night at midnight with his with his lights off which is illegally parked they don't care you know write themselves a ticket for that but uh, and I saw him, you know, about a mile ahead. And uh, sure enough, some asshole passes me. You know, I don't know why you do that. I have a – that radar detector has got a very bright red display on it. And anybody coming up behind me can see it hanging on my windshield. And if I'm going five under with a radar detector, there's probably a reason. <laughs> And they blew past me, probably going going 75 in the 60. And sure enough, man, he just comes right across the, right across the grass and chases the guy down. Now, I had that individual had a radar detector. 
he would have seen the person in advance, just like I did, and uh, saved himself the ticket and could have bought two radar detectors for what he spent <laughs> on the ticket. Okay? <clears throat> what fuel should I use? car that I bought is a flex fuel vehicle and thus able to use E85. I've never, I have heard several people say that this will wear down the engine over time and my bullshit detector needs a lot of tuning in this area. If you have a flex fuel vehicle, the compression on that engine is low and you don't need to use anything except regular gas, but don't use E85. Why would you? Is, is it cheaper? It's, it's a little bit. It's probably 50 cents a gallon cheaper. Oh, it? But it, what you make up for in the cheaper, you lose in the gas mileage. Yeah. Because ethanol does not have as many BTUs in it as gasoline does. And if you're getting 22 miles a gallon on your regular E10, which is 90% gas, you're going to drop that thing down to 16 miles a gallon on E85. So you're not accomplishing anything except making yourself feel morally superior. And that may be worth it to you. You know, but I I, I think it's silly. Uh, so just use the best gas you can get. Around here... Uh, you know, we have three sun stations here in town now. Sun Oco makes very high-quality gas. They're the ones that make the race gas for the tracks and shit. They've got actual 93-octane gasoline here in Wichita Falls. There's three stations now in, in this area, and that's what I use in mine. All right? You can get 100 at uh, raceways, like around Dallas and stuff. Oh, they got 100 octane yeah. gas down there? Yeah, raceways. Yep. <clears throat> racetrack. Ra- yeah, yeah, racetrack. That's racetrack. the gas station, racetrack. Yeah. 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 That's the name of that chain. Yeah. I didn't know that, but uh, I'll look for that next time I'm down there. Uh, how much is it? Probably it's $5 a gallon. Yeah, it's expensive. How much would that – I mean, it might help in your in your uh, M6, but how much would it help a – I mean, in my red car? Nothing. Nothing. Just the waste Undetectable. of money to use it. Yeah. You need a high, really high compression. If you've got a high compression power. engine, that that engine in the in the white car right now is, I think it's twelve to one, which is high compression. But I compensate for that with a methanol injection system. Oh right. So it functionally, I've got all the octane I need, but it's still good to run good gas in those cars. Yep. And uh, you need to. You need, but but a, a, a flex fuel car is not. It's no big deal. What tips, rules, and or guiding principles do you have when it comes to operating a stick shift? <laughs> Growing up on a farm, I've had more than my fair share of driving tractors, so I'm familiar with using a clutch and gears. Even so, the speed element throws me off every now and then. What are you talking about? The speed element. Because once you're rolling, it gets easier. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't know. I don't understand the question, Dalton. Um, Just practice, man. Uh, look, if you're driving a car with a stick shift, you're going to get good at it. Because yeah. you have no choice. Keep your foot off the clutch. Don't ride the clutch. And don't ride the stick either. So don't people, ride the stick yeah, either. That'll tear it up. 
bad. You, know, you, you, you can put your hand on top of the stick, but don't pull on the stick. But don't ride the clutch. You're in, you use your clutch up real, real quick, dude. All right. Palio says a question. Imagine that. Imagine. In order to do my part in bringing the quality of the questions to slightly below average, he's been, at least he's following through. What is the equivalent for women for 200, 300, 400, 500? Well, that's in he the store. Really we got the stickers. The sticker, Palios? The stickers in the store, Palios. What the fuck are you. Hey, I'll look it up for him. Just, just. I think the it's. It's all 100 pounds less, right? No, no, less. no, it's not. No. It's like. 100, 135, right? 100, 135, 135, 2 and a quarter, 315, something like that. That sounds right. That's your 315. That's it. That's it. Something like that. 100, uh, 100 press, 155 bench, 225 squat, 315 deadlift. Yeah. So there's an answer to that question. You mentioned in a previous podcast that someone with a strong press will have a strong bench, but someone with a strong bench wouldn't necessarily have a strong press. How, why is this possible? Well, because the bench press uh, produces strong arms, strong pecs, strong frontal delts, but the lockout at the top is untrained by the bench press. You know, and I'm I'm thinking that a guy with a with a big bench, uh, with a big press, is not necessarily a bench specialist either. You know, what is what is Chase bench? Do you know? It's up there, but I is mean, he it's over in the four? Fours. Yeah, it's in the fours. Low fours. But it was it was lagging the whole time he was here was lagging for a long time. But he's and then he and then he ran it up. He ran the bench up, but he's not thirty five percent above. His no, press so. on his on his bench. I remember 430, 425. The best thing to do is both. Yeah. And train them seriously. Train them seriously. Now, if you get you know up into the intermediate stages, you might want to take six months and work on your press, and just maintain bench, and then swap out, and then bench heavy for six months and maintain press. Some strategy like that. They're real hard to train both at the same time because of the amount of work that you have to do on the press. You have to press four days a week. You want a big press, you got to press four days a week. Yeah, but you don't have to bench four days a week, right? No, nobody you, benches you bench four days a week. You bench twice or even once, depending on how good your bench is. Yeah, twice is probably enough. A lot of people like to do a third bench day. If you're powerlifting, you got to bench more often. Yeah. But, you know. The third bench day for volume. For volume. Volume. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, here's one from Fireflame 786. Rip, how do you feel about living in a timeline where Alex Jones was right? No shit. No shit. No fucking shit. Same way you feel about if it. If Alex but. Jones wasn't so goofy, he'd be. If Alex Jones was not. An obnoxious fucker. Man. God, I love That's him. one of the most obnoxious human beings on earth. But he's not a fool. No, he's not. 
and he's easy to dismiss because of how goofy he is. He's, he's just a he's just obnoxious, and nobody wants to be around anybody that's that goddamn obnoxious. Yeah. And no, but that doesn't make him wrong. Nope. And people don't people don't give him credit. You remember when he uh, when he when he went and, and snuck grove? into that uh, bohemian bohemian grove, grove thing mm-hmm. in California, where everybody's hanging out, you know, oh. burning a fucking owl in the de- in the woods and shit. Yeah. Worshipping, no, worshipping the owl. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, that was one of the things that made him famous. Really? So, so Bohemian Grove was the was the rumored, right? You know, the the politicians. Look at the pictures from yeah. Rothschilds and all this shit. You know, going back, but they do weird right. shit, right? Like the like the the stuff in Eyes Wide Shut, like that yeah. kind of stuff. Right. So, so he, uh, yeah, he sneaks into this thing and gets video. Sure as shit, you know. There's all my friends think I'm joking when I say I love Alex Jones. It's, I think he's great. It's, it's I think he's awesome. Well, I you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely well, do. Let's get him on the fucking podcast. Let's get him on the man. podcast. Fuck, that'd be good. Let's get, you know what's? And let's get be, Rogan on the podcast. You know what's so fucking stoked? You know what's hilarious? So 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 Alex Jones goes on the Rogan's podcast for three hours and says all this insane shit, and they check it. All. And then he <laughs> and then he comes back about a year and a half later, and eighty five percent of it yeah. was. Was no actually shit. true. It actually came true. Yeah. 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 But no, yeah. he's, you know, he's a crazy <laughs> he's man. He's a crazy man. He is a crazy man. <laughs> he he is. Just, he's just not wrong. Yeah, right. You can be crazy and not wrong. That's true. Yeah. Right? Uh, Grape Gorilla wants to know, in the <laughs> starting strength artwork where each brain hemisphere is a different color, red versus blue, is there any significance to the color choice? Well, I just, you know, trying to be inclusive. <laughs> you know, we're trying to demonstrate that I think he's talking about we're neither democrat nor republican. Yeah. Is that there's no red and blue brain in the books? Where's the red and blue? He must be talking about the uh on it's the, on the website. The prep course, the prep course sign-up thing has a red and blue. Brand. That must be. That must be where it is. Yeah. Those are just our c- colors, actually. Gray, red, and blue. Starting strength colors. All right. Now, uh, good day, Rip. Now, there's nothing I'd like better than to see a 105-year-old Ripito on video calling somebody a pussy. However, <laughs> just wondering if there is a succession <laughs> plan. After all, this is the most important podcast on the internet. Well, you're right about that. Really enjoying that we get to see and hear Rusty and Nick on the weekly episode. How about we hear from Steph or Bree? <laughs> you are seriously failing the politically correct quota, man. Just please do not put Santana on the screen. <laughs> please, I like the guy, but I cannot watch that here. I can't, I can't either. Couldn't agree more. Somebody on YouTube said, if if you guys are going to talk so much about Bree, you should let her talk and defend herself. Yeah, Bree. Well, she won't. Talk she and defend wants herself. to talk. Yeah. She doesn't want to talk. She doesn't want to talk. There's a reason why she's not in this shot right here. She doesn't want to be in the shot. She doesn't want to be in it. You want to get in the shot? Here, get in the shot. <laughs> You got to be in the shot longer than that. I See, she doesn't want to. You can't make her do anything she doesn't want to do. All right. People act like we haven't had these discussions with her, and yeah. <laughs> you know the the succession plan is that we just shut this shit down. You know, like, Look, what are we gonna do? When I'm gone, what are we gonna do? Just wrap it up. Nobody wants to fuck with this, but me. Yeah. I don't even want to fuck with it. Here I am, though. Here you are. Just a sense of duty. Yep. You know. Hmm. For the fans. It's a duty. Duty to the fans. 
but the the thing with Santana, I can't wait, Santana got a haircut, right? Santana's, you know, I've been talking to Santana. Look, Bob, you need to get it like a normal like a man's haircut, haircut and shit. You're old enough to the point where, <laughs> you, to, where you ought to just have a normal <laughs> man's haircut. And he says, you know, I think you're right. I think I'm going to get a haircut. So he goes and gets a haircut, and he takes it from here <laughs> to here. Same fucking haircut. He goes from here to here. He's got to shave it off. I mean, he, he's not going to do it. He's just not going to do it. He's. It's glorious I, head of hair, you know. But whatever. Yeah, but you know, you who who like doesn't have a glorious head of hair when they're thirty eight? Yeah, you know. Well, I didn't, but. <laughs> you didn't. When did you start getting bald? At like twenty four. Oh shit! I guess I beat you there. Yeah. Huh? I'm still not going to just shave it. <laughs> it's not going to do it. Can't do it. Can't bring myself to do it. Probably should, but I don't want to look like an NSCA strength coach. <laughs> you know, Van Dyke, shiny head. Just don't want to look like one of those guys. <laughs> right now, Omnipotent says, I am currently not using a weightlifting belt and I'm waiting to use one. Until my squat and or deadlift begin to stall or begin to show signs of stalling. My thought process, which I understand may be flawed and is the reason for me posting this question, is that it will help with development of being able to brace effectively without a belt and help development of the core. Core. After all, I will not be wearing a weightlifting belt when I am lifting at work. Is this acceptable, smart, stupid? Please explain and thank you in advance. He nailed all the bullshit. All of the fucking wisdom. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed him. Everything. Look, I'm not going to talk about this because I have a. There is an article on the website called The Belt and the Deadlift that you have not read. Okay? You should read that article and send us a better question next time. Can we right? just answer the one part stupid? Stupid. Yeah. That was the, you know, he's just not. <clears throat> look, why are you. Or ignorant. Why are you lifting weights? Yeah. To get strong. What is strength? Ability to lift heavier weight, right? If you put a belt on at 315 and take your squat from 315 up to 505, are you stronger? Did the belt help? Did the belt lift the weight or did you lift the weight? Equivalent thing is the I, is the grip and the deadlift, you know. Grip and the deadlift. How many times did we say it at the camp last Saturday? I said it at least three times. Change your damn grip. Yeah, they're just dude, people just stubbornly we, holding on to a session, double overhand grip. And there's three guys who refuse to change the grip. It was like, why aren't you changing your grip? I thought I'd wait. I thought I'd wait what? till what? <laughs> <laughs> till what happens? <laughs> so you don't have to go up in heavier weight. Thought you'd wait so you didn't have to actually pull 315 today? That's why you're waiting? Yeah, I, I don't understand. People are just not. Look, you've got to go back. What is strength? Heavier weight on the bar is strength. That's all it is. Right? If you can lift heavier weight on the bar with a belt on, you have to be aware of the fact that the belt does not operate on a joint allows you to contract your abs and back muscles harder and keep your back flatter and thus lift 
heavier weight. Uh, in a previous podcast, Pessimistic Zebra. Are we not making these people use their real name on the network? We don't do that? Previous podcast, you recommended two books in two books, a basic in economics, two books, a basic in economics, and our enemy, the state. All right, let me correct this sentence for you. I recommended two books, Our Enemy, the State by Albert J. Nock, and Economics in One Lesson by Henry Hazlitt. All right. I've read both these books. Are you sure you read the right ones? Because you don't have the titles now. And thoroughly enjoyed them both. Thank you for them. Have you had any recommendations for fiction books? I know you said in a podcast that Lifter should read Robert E. Howard. Are there any books of his you would recommend? Yeah, I recommend all of the non-Conan books for Robert E. Howard. Uh you know, I just like that kind of fiction. It doesn't require any thought. You know, it's just fun to read. Because you don't like but the Conan books. It's not his best stuff, no. The historical fiction is his, is, is better stuff. Uh, he's got several characters that, you know, he wrote about that, you know, in the Middle East and uh, Vikings and... Irishman and stuff like that. Very interesting characters. The Brand McMorn stories are real good. Uh, look up Robert E. Howard's story called The Dark Man. It's a damn good story. That's a book or a short story? It's a short story. The Dark Man. Uh, let's see. But as far as fiction is concerned, oh, I don't know. I don't read a lot of fiction anymore. I just don't have time. What fiction is good? Classic stuff, I guess. I can't remember the last fiction. I, I haven't read fiction in a long time. It just It's just time-consuming. If I'm going to be reading something, I need to be reading some information. And... Uh, don't have that much time to read because I'm online all day and reading just insanity going on all the time. I, reading fiction is just, I don't know, I guess get where I'd rather watch a movie, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, there's classic fiction, classic American fiction. Uh, Mark Twain. Huckleberry Finn is, you know, probably one of the top five novels that's ever been written by anybody, anywhere, anytime. Well, if, if you haven't ever, read 1984 in the last 18 months, yeah. 1984 is a real good, and real animal, good piece of fiction. And Animal Farm right after. Yep. Those two are terribly important. Orwell knew. He wasn't fucking around. He knew. He knew the human condition and just extrapolated there from you know uh Hemingway you know I've never been a giant fan of Hemingway me either I haven't spent any time 
the old man and the sea was good. Uh, all that shit they made you read in high school, like the Grapes of Wrath. I never had to read it in high school. My teachers were merciful and didn't make me read that piece of shit. <laughs> so I got busy when I was probably 25 and said, you know, I ought to read The Grapes of Wrath. And I got about halfway through that, and I said, this is just communist propaganda. That's all this is is communist propaganda. It's just, my God, you know, I'd, I'd rather just drink Drano. <laughs> Then have to read the rest of this piece of shit. So I put it down. I couldn't stand it. Oh, God damn, it was horrible. Uh, so, Jack Bissett. Maybe it's Bissett. Bissett? Should we call the Avery Bissett? Island people? Call Avery <laughs> Island and ask, the, ask them Bissau. how he pronounces his name. Bissett. I'd like to ask about weight loss during a linear progression. I've got a new female client who needs to lose some weight. She's 5'10", 245. I've got her in a calorie deficit, doing LPs, written with a little added work on an assault bike at the end, at the end to get in some hit. We don't have a prowler at my gym. I'm taking the right approach here, or will you suggest I do something different? Assuming I'm taking the right approach, if she sticks to her diet, how quickly should I expect her to lose weight? Any other suggestions? I greatly appreciate it. The first client I've had who isn't an underweight male, I'd like to make sure I'm not fucking it up. Well, you're fucking it up a little bit, Jack, because she's not going to drop from 245 at 510 down to 185 at 510 like you want her to be by riding a bike. That's not where that comes from. This is a diet issue. The diet is what makes her lose weight, not riding the stupid-ass bike. All the stupid-ass bike's going to do is interfere with her, with her strength training. So take her off the bike. Let's tighten her diet up. This is assuming that she wants to tighten her diet up because not everybody does. You know, she's just in there for the strength and she doesn't care about losing weight. Well, you're not going to be able to make her do it, but... I'm assuming that she does intend to lose some weight. There's several different approaches to that. I am not the diet guy, and I'm not going to get into the particulars of what I think she ought to do. Um, but uh, well, it's not any more complicated. What's Santana's than that? for? You no, know, it's not even that more. It's just eat. She's to eat less, eat, eat better, eat and less, train. clean up, take sugar out of her diet. She drinks Cokes. That's kind of the obvious place to start. Dessert is kind of the obvious place to start. But at her body you know, weight, at her height, 5'10", 245. There shouldn't be any, any delay in her progression. She should just keep getting stronger. Even slowly, as she loses a little body weight. weight. It'll be fine. And our article on the website called A Clarification talks about this. So look that up. All right. Uh, let's see. Tom in Tulsa, seen Coach Rip's views on RPE-based programs, and he said a few times that regular Texas method is for single guys with no life outside the gym. What are his thoughts on five, three, one, or similar percentage-based programs? I've done a few and like the way they progressively overload in a predictable manner. What are the downsides other than it seems to me that while 
They are predictable. They are very slow. They are not optimum is why they're very slow. When I've done a percentage-based program, I often feel like I could do more, but I stick to the program and have been making solid, steady gains. Thank you guys for all you do. Love the podcast, all that shit. Okay, so uh, a percentage-based program is flawed in several ways. If you take a percentage of some standard, 1RM, all right, and you try to construct your programming based off of the 1RM, you have to understand what the 1RM represents. Now, if you went to a powerlifting meet, all right, and you did three squats, three benches, three deadlifts on the platform, and you consider to be your third attempt, PRs to be 1RMs, all right, and then you take two weeks off because that's what you're supposed to do, and then you start back on uh, your program, and you're going to base those percentages off of uh, what you ended up with at the meet. That may or may not be an accurate reflection of where you are now, depending on what help you had at the meet, so to speak. Conditions may be different. You know, I, and I say this because I've made these mistakes. You know, if you base your next peaking program on what happened at the last meet, on the singles that happened at the last meet, that is not nearly as accurate a way to do this as what happened during the last training cycle that produced the singles at the last meet. All right, that's much more indicative of where you really are when you need to start the next program. Um, percentages, in, in my experience, are useful for calculating back offsets, and that's about it. That's about it. Because you have to ask yourself, what is this a percentage of? Is that a, I mean, it's fashionable to do a, calculated 1RM, you're going to base a program on a calculated 1RM? Well, even 531 well, you're is just based a dumbass. Off, of a, off of a training max that you calculate. calculated. It's, yeah, 531 is, and, and 531 is just not enough work. Yeah, unless you add work to it. <clears throat> you know, you add to it, but then it's not 531 anymore. Uh, my thoughts on training are in a book that we like to call Practical Programming for Strength Training, third edition by myself and andy baker available at our website if you're in the middle of a percentage-based program right now stop using the percentages take the numbers you're doing this week and start progressing them like an intermediate meaning every week you're going to add weight to the bar add weight to the so bar. stop just take the numbers you're using now and start progressing them weekly that's the easiest make way to do yourself it. do the work right. make yourself go up I'll bet you can. You, you will, yeah. So stop. Because you yourself in here said, he said I've, done, I've often felt like I could do more. Right. And that's because you could have done more. So he's more. calculating an entire month of training rather than just looking at next, what am I going to do next week. So, so dump all the you shit know, for the next two weeks and just add weight to the bar next week. An advanced lifter, <clears throat> by the time you've been training four years and you're an advanced lifter, you're going to know – what to do and you're going to understand that your training is going to be programmed in in 
you know, multiple week segments instead of one week at a time. But by the time you accumulate that kind of experience, you'll kind of already know what to do. But I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're artificially limiting. I mean, if you lift lighter weights than you can lift, then you're missing the strength stimulus. And, uh, that's just, that's just the way shit is. So I would, no, I don't like, I don't like percentage-based programs. Okay. I am having, and I'm, I don't know this guy's name because I can't pronounce it. You know, if you pick a screen name that I can't pronounce, I'm just going to pretend like you don't have a name. I'm having trouble evaluating my next stage of progression. Age 42. Gender is male. Hmm. No, your sex is male. Gender is masculine. That would be your pronouns. Gender is a linguistics term. Please remember that. Sex is biology. Gender is linguistics. Maybe he's just letting you know what he identifies that. It could very well be. Maybe he's biologically a female. 5'9", 225, 255, I'm sorry. He's down to 255. He was 270 for most of 220. So he's 5'9", 270. He's a tub of shit. Because he's only squatting 313. I don't know how he got 313. 313. Microloading. Deadlift 350, bench 148, press 120, rows 180. Why are you doing rows? What the fuck is wrong with you? You're benching 148, you're rowing 180. The next stage of your progression. You have not finished the first stage of your progression. All right. I'm not doing cleans because I really want to be coached properly and I don't have the right equipment. Shitty bars, sloppy plates. 42-year-old fat guy, I'm not sure if the risk-reward balance makes any sense. Well, it might not for you. But that's not your problem. On to my question. I'm still doing per-workout jumps on my exercises. Squat, press, bench are all on one-pound increments. You're taking one-pound jumps on your squat. That's 12 pounds a month. You <laughs> should be taking you know, 15 a week. Look, this is dealt with at length in a book that we like to call Practical Programming for Strength Training, third edition, by myself and Andy Baker. I suggest you get that book and read it because this is discussed in the book. This is discussed a lot in the book. One-pound jumps on the squat and the deadlift are not the program. You're not doing the program. And the program is spelled out in excruciating detail in the gray book. Get the book. And read the book. If you're fucking this up that bad, everything else is fucked up too. You know it is. You know it's fucked up. Hold it. Did I miss another actual question at the bottom of this? I may have. Oh, yeah, I did. So, uh, anyway, for GM period or whatever, you, <laughs> you're not doing the program. All right? Get the book. Read the book. 
do the program and the book. I can't sit here and give you a personal training consultation other than to say that the best personal training consultation you could get is in the book. Read the book. Okay. At what age, this is Alan Robertson, I can pronounce that. At what age did you start to realize you weren't quite as athletic as you used to be? I know you've spoken about playing soccer back when you were still training hard at the gym. At what age did you decide you were done with competing and powerlifting? And what triggered that decision? Well, probably my seventh or eighth surgical intervention. <laughs> you didn't wake up one day and say, no, I'm not as athletic as I Yeah, no, no, no. I was, had that reality uh, impressed upon me the hard way. You know, injuries will tell you when you're not as athletic as you used to be. Yeah. And I don't know that I'm not as athletic. I'm just not as capable of expressing athleticism now uh, as I was 40 years ago. 40 years ago, and I've never been an elite athlete by any stretch of the imagination. I was a pretty good soccer player. And, you know, I was good horseman. I was, you know, just pretty good. Pretty good outside but you, you just start to get hurt doing all that shit. You start to get hurt. You get beat up and something fucks up. Now you're laid up for a while and you just, you know, as you get older, your connective tissue changes. It's easy to tear things. And, uh, you know, at some point you just come to the realization that you just can't do what you did before and you've got to got to act on that before you get crippled. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty crippled. I'm pretty screwed up right now. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just, it's hard to let go, you know. It's hard to admit you're 65 when your brain still functions like it's 25. Now this one is uh, a little bit longer, but it looks like it might be productive. So let's give it a shot. By defining strength as the ability to produce force against an external resistance, without any reference to work done, understanding work is force times distance, have you missed out an important element of the intuitive understanding of the concept of strength? A six foot seven man who deadlifts 500 pounds has moved the bar further than a five seven man who deadlifts 500 pounds. And under a common sense understanding can be said to have done more with the weight and therefore is intuitively stronger. Even if he isn't stronger under your definition. Likewise, we might expect the taller of two shot putters with equal lifts and throwing techniques to put the shot further because his longer levers mean he can do more work against the shot before it leaves his hand. And might it not be reasonable to say he was stronger as a result? Well, now that's an interesting observation. You say that a six foot seven man who deadlifts 500 pounds has moved the bar further than a five foot seven man who deadlifts 500 pounds. How do you know that? 
Is that always true? Six foot seven man's got longer legs, but he's also got longer arms. And more important, the, the, the six seven guy has a higher capacity for force production too. Because he because has the he's, he's he has the capacity mass. to carry more right. muscle mass. Yeah, so it doesn't fucking matter. Right. There's more potential so, there. Uh, the six foot seven man who deadlifts five hundred is not as strong by your definition as the five seven man that deadlifts five hundred pounds. But in terms of, of absolute force production, force production is weight on the bar. You know. I mean, because if you're going to start talking about uh, force times distance, then we got to start dealing with reps, don't we? Or, or how are you going to measure it? You know, the, you know, the punch, the throw, the implement. You've got to introduce other, other variables. And stuff. I mean, it's the 16 pound shot is it weighs 16 pounds, and how far you threw it is a uh, is a measure of your ability to accelerate it, right? And that's a measure of your power production. Um, his longer levers be damned. You know, a guy with long levers that's not as explosive can't throw the bar as far, the shot as far, as a guy that is explosive with those same levers. You know? So, I mean, no, if you want to talk about a, an intuitive uh, understanding of stronger... I think the most intuitive understanding of stronger possible is how much weight's on the bar. Yeah, how far did you throw the shot? Your definitions have to yeah. be useful, and you can't account for every single variable. You can't account for for every single limb length. You know every every piece of uh, uh, you know the mechanics, how the person moves, all that shit matters. Yeah, because then you'd have to come up with a very exp a, a, an extensive algorithm to which may to be do fun to do, but it's not useful. It's just not useful. If uh, if you want to say that the guy that deadlifts, the six seven guy that deadlifts five hundred, is not as strong as the five seven guy that deadlifts five hundred, well you can say that, but you can say it the other way around too, like you have done. One eighty one pound man that deadlifts five hundred in the one eighty one pound weight class is the same strength as the guy in the 242-pound weight class that deadlifted 500 because 500 is the force he produced, the force he overcame to produce, the force on the barbell, right, or something like that. But, you, 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 you know, you can make this complicated if you want to. You can start worrying about how high the plates are off the ground right. if you want to. You know, should the should the lighter weight class guys be made to deadlift with smaller diameter plates? You can make an argument for that. You know, if you just want to argue, right? But I, I just don't see the point. I don't see the point. What happened to back extensions? They're included on the B day in the blue book as a core part of the novice program. No, they're not a core part of the novice program. Programming. Oh, it's a Brit. Okay. Uh, but unlike almost every other... He's been locked in his house. <laughs> they still didn't learn how to spell, That's though, that, no, they, that time. Programming.
They, they, br- exactly. they, just, they just add it. They just, they just add it. it with, yeah. So uh, let's see. Where am I? Program, he threw me off. But unlike almost every other exercise, I have not <laughs> once seen or heard them mentioned anywhere else in your videos and articles. Are they out of fashion? <laughs> or does the fact that they require specialist equipment mean you'd rather talk about chin-ups instead? Or is there a, another reason everyone ignores them? Well, not everybody ignores them. We just don't use them extensively because they're not trainable. They're an assistance exercise. Now, the most useful way to think about what an assistance exercise is uh, versus a primary exercise is that primary exercises like the squat, the press, the deadlift, the bench press, and the Olympic lifts are trainable in that they can be incrementally increased for years. And in the process of incrementally increasing all the numbers on all of those exercises, you got stronger. How do you incrementally increase a back extension? Well, you could add a, add a bar to it. You could hold a plate. You could put a bar on your back. I've done all of this shit. You hold a kettlebell if you wanted to. You can do bands now too. You do fun. bands. I've done bands that. It, I've yeah. got a back Good extension. Time. I got a forty-five degree back extension machine with a little pole on it for putting bands around. You can do all that shit if you want to, but you make increases. You can improve that exercise for about six weeks, and that's all. And then you're going to get hurt. You know, you you get to the point on back extensions where you're posterior cruciate ligaments are under too much load. They're not productive for use with heavy weights. They can't be trained. So we tend to not use them. Now, if you want to fuck around and do some back extensions, you go right ahead, but they are going to make your hamstrings very sore. And as I've gotten older and I've trained more and more older people, I have come to the conclusion that being sore all the time is a bad thing, not a good thing. Okay? In endurance sports, often there does not appear to be a clear distinction between training and practice. To take rowing as an example, or crew, as you Yanks like to call it. Let's call it rowing. Sure, yeah. Let's just I'll not call add it crew. You know why I don't call it crew? Because I'm not an Ivy League fuck. <laughs> the barbell lifts are obviously training, but sessions on the rowing machine and in the boat are generally a mix of training and practice. This is because the aim of these sessions is to produce a physiological adaptation as well as developing effective technique on the water, and particularly to maintain effective technique when fatigued. You cannot properly practice for a six to seven minute rowing race without also introducing a lot of training stress at the same time. This suggests that barbell training must be treated differently in the context of endurance sports because unlike in field sports where the physiologic stress in any given practice session may be relatively light, all but the lightest of rowing sessions in an effective programming are going to include intense training stress bracketed by periods of long, slow distance, or steady state work. 
because in this context you cannot practice without also training, how can you most effectively programming endurance sport training so that the strength and endurance components interfere with each other as little as possible? And which of HIT and LSD is more likely to interfere with strength training? Oh yeah. Jesus. It's like every other sport on the face of the earth. The stronger you get, the easier the practice becomes. The easier the practice becomes. The easier and more sub-maximal the practice becomes. That's what the strength component is for, is to fix it so that on the water you're not as tired. Because each stroke is more submaximal as you got stronger. That's why we do strength training for every sport on earth that involves submaximal effort. Okay. And your training stress during the heavy rowing work is more potent when you're stronger. But the but the answer is just like everything yeah. we've done on two factor is you're going you're gonna get strong sometime and you're gonna practice rowing sometime. And there's going to be a short time where those two things are blended together. Right. There's an overlap. There's, there's always going to be an overlap. In every be, sport, it's the exactly. same way. There's going to be times where you're, you're going to row more than you're going to lift. Significantly more, right. probably, depending on how serious you are. That's just the way it is. Just the way it is. Okay. Well, I hope that helps. Oh, look. Got through it. We're done. How about that? Got through that last one. I think we should make it a habit to call Avery Island on every episode. <laughs> and ask them, so ask them their opinions just ask on shit. Something. <laughs> just ask them something. Yeah. They were incredibly helpful. Yeah. They, she got two people on the line. Yeah. Man, they care about stuff. They do. The Bosco go. sauce is wonderful <laughs> shit. I'm going to buy some Bosco sauce now <laughs> as soon as I leave here. The Bosco sauce, look. You can sit down and eat an entire pound of yellow cheese yeah. if <laughs> you've got a bottle at the Bosco. Yeah. You know, I like the, I like you the had, jalapeno. Have uh, you had the Chipotle one, the smoke? Yes. Oh, oh that's God, good, that's man. good. I like it's the, a little like too salty, but it's good. The jalapeno's good. It's, it's real jalapeno's sweet. Jalapeno's good, too. It's sweet, yeah. But for cheese, the yeah, little, standard little bread stuff. You get a little bread stuff, on it, a little you get, dude, take, take the, Tabasco I'll tell you what you do. You go to Walmart and you get that two-pound block of cheese. The cheddar? The mild cheddar. Oh, mild. Or the Colby. Okay. And and you look for the ones where you can see the cheddaring, where it's kind of dense and firm, because that's the slicing type. And so you get that out and you take thin slices <laughs> and you put some Tabasco sauce on it. And you and that stuff's runny, so you gotta get it in your mouth before it falls off the cheese. And if you get it all over your face and your lips, it'll make them burn. So you gotta be careful. You got this, this is a hand skill. <laughs> All right, it's a hand skill, Tabasco sauce and cheese. But give that a try. That's my. That, we're not going to do that cafe classic show on that. But that's just. <laughs> we I'm should. just telling you, it's real. <laughs> it's real easy to eat a whole bunch of cheese with Tabasco sauce. <laughs> well, all right. Anybody have anything else? I miss anything. I think you got it. Did all. we insult enough people today? Probably not. But I think I think we're good. Ah, fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck him. We didn't insult you. Fuck you. That covers it. <laughs> <Doesn't> it? <laughs> All right. Next Friday. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>